Hi everyone, uh, welcome to this episode of Who Cares What's the Point? Uh, and this week I'm talking to Sebastian Derry, who is a postgraduate student at Cornell University in the USA. This week we're talking about social comparison, or why people believe others' social lives are richer than their own. And this is a little strange, often we tend to overestimate our abilities compared to others. But when we are directly asked to compare our social lives with other people's, we tend to think ours are worse than those people that we compare ourselves to. Have a listen to me and Sebastian talking about the series of experiments they did to start to shed some light on this under-researched topic and what the meaning of this might be. Make your mind up. Make your own mind up as you listen to our conversation. Hey, thank you, Sebastian, for joining us today. It's really good of you, um, particularly as we're coming up to the holiday season. Everybody's really busy. <laughs> My pleasure to be here. Now, the way we normally start is just asking the researchers, uh, why? Why did you do this? What motivated you to do this research? Okay, so uh, I think other people will give similar answers, but uh, it, it honestly started out with a question for myself. I, I was sort of thinking about this question on my own, just wondering about my social life and how it compares to other people's social lives. And I was thinking, hey, I feel kind of, you know, inadequate here a little bit. Is, is this just me? Is this, is, this, uh, is this something particular to me? Or is this kind of something everyone's feeling? So being a psychologist, I, I sort of brought it to the lab and tried to do a survey and see whether this was uh, something about me or something about generally how people think. Mm, sure. And so I guess the jargon around that is this idea of social comparison. We're constantly making comparisons between ourselves and others. And, and, and often we kind of inflate ourselves a little bit, don't we? we talk, you talk a little bit about that in the paper. How, how is it that we are quite optimistic around our social comparisons about our abilities and our lives compared to others? Yeah, so that's uh, one of the things that I guess makes this our result kind of surprising is usually in the uh, in the social psychology literature, there's a lot. Well, it depends. There, there's some classical stuff on social comparison. I'll talk about that in a sec. But yeah, and it, there's a lot of stuff on sort of this above average effect that you might have heard about where people think that they're better drivers, better leaders, you know, more moral, more healthy, more happy than other people. So that's kind of like a lot of the standard literature that you might see. And uh, surprisingly, in this domain, when people are looking at uh, their social lives, at least, you know, according to the studies that we ran and the results that we have, people seem to show the opposite. So that, that was one of the big things in this paper is explaining how come usually people sort of seem to think that they're really good compared to others. And in here, that's sort of the opposite is the case. And one of the things you mentioned is that the prediction that people think that their social lives might be worse than others, it might actually seem quite odd given the what you've just talked about is that actually we tend to predict that our lives perhaps are better than others in many aspects. So what is it about our social lives that is might be different here? So our current thoughts as of now, our best idea is that uh, when you think about your social life, it's kind of different than most. So mo- it's kind of different than a lot of other comparisons in that you immediately start thinking of other people. So when you think about your social life, it's how how, how many people am I, you know, friends with, and who, you know, when you think of a social life, you don't just think about yourself. If you if let's say you're comparing yourself on. Uh, some ability can I, you know, can I drive well? You, you sort of maybe picture yourself in the car and think, okay, am I driving well or not? In your social life, immediately your mind goes to other people and parties you've been to and stuff like that. And when you're thinking about other people, the, the people that do tend to come to mind more easily are people who are socialites, who are you know trendsetters, who are going to a lot of parties, and those people just intuitively come to mind. Um, and you don't think of when you think of oh, how does my social life compare to others? You don't think of sort of 
not social life, which is some guy sitting at home and, and you know, not going out to parties. That's just not who, who comes to mind. And so with those people in mind, you start thinking about, OK, how do I compare? Uh, and you're comparing yourself to those people and, you know, you, you stack up not so favorably. Um, so it's basically the accessibility we think that uh, to use the, you know, uh, we think that really social people are particularly accessible, especially when you're thinking about your social life. Yeah. And particularly, you know, especially when we're coming up to the, the holiday season, we're kind of in there now, is that, you know, you're on Facebook, you're on Twitter, you're on social media, and you're seeing these people who are kind of like elevated in your feed, these kind of like super socializers. Uh, and they, you know, they, they kind of dominate with all the things that they're getting up to. Yet, as you say, those people who tend to be quite quiet or perhaps not not quite as vocal about it and not posting about it. So they're doing different things. You don't see them. So there's the accessibility as well, right? It's, like, it's not just thinking about these people, but actually they're there right in front of you being presented to you the whole time. Yeah, that's a good point because there's sort of two components to it. I guess our paper looks at this sort of, you know, mental sort of reason for it. But then there's also, and I think it's important to note the sort of structural reasons why that also contributes to this, which is the fact that um, really social people actually have more friends that are more accessible. So just to use Twitter as an example, you know, let's just to use a, a very... So Barack Obama, for example, has just way more followers than other people. So more people are likely to see what Barack Obama is doing. And let's say, you know, he's a particularly, you know, well-known and every, every, he's probably going to be doing something interesting for the holidays and way more people are going to find out about what Barack Obama is doing than what maybe, you know, a hundred other people are who have, you know, a hundred followers are doing. So, um, yeah, there, there's also just, just to point out, yeah, structural reasons and social networks, uh, that, that bring about this sort of, uh, thinking in effect. Yeah, sure. So we have this process where we're kind of comparing our social CV, um, which is a phrase that you use here, um, Mm -hmm. to this kind of social standard, which isn't necessarily the average. It's actually highly skewed and maybe by a few very active individuals with a huge number of followers, say on Twitter or, or on Facebook as well. So it kind of skews our norms a little bit, maybe. That's our that's our contention as of now. Yeah. Okay. So you 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 studied this in this paper over a series of of studies, um, and I you kind of broken it down into four groups here, and I thought maybe we could go through these groupings. Yeah, so, absolutely. And so the, the first one is you were testing the idea as to whether people thought that they their social lives were less rich and active than those of others, right? So, mm-hmm. so how did you go about doing that in, in the first series of studies? Okay, so in the first series of studies, we just kind of first wanted to develop a few sort of questions that people might ask themselves when they think about their social lives. So we asked sort of just basic questions like, who goes to more parties, you or other people? Who has more friends, you or other people? Who has a wider social network? Who uh, sees their family more? Who dines out more? So just sort of standard components of people's social lives. And we just asked them very simply uh, who do you think does that more, you or others? And, and the, the sort of responses they could give is, you know, I'm about where everyone else is. I'm doing sort of worse than everyone else uh, or I'm doing better than everyone else. And then uh, so those are the questions. And the other thing we wanted to make sure of is we, we sort of tried to get as many different sets of people as we could. Obviously not perfect. We didn't do a representative sample of the U.S. population or something, which ideally we could. But, you know, we looked at college students. We looked at people we could get online. We looked at we went to a local mall. And then we also tried to get a representative sample on the Internet, which uh, recruits from different sort of income demographics and stuff like that. And across all those, we found this, uh, this similar effect where everyone seems to be thinking on these questions that I just said that everyone else is doing better than they are. OK, so, so- 
seems to be quite widespread, this belief that other people have more social interactions or better quality of social interactions. How would you characterize it? Yeah, that's, that's also a good distinction. So, so our questions were mainly sort of in this quantitative sense of who has more friends, who goes to more parties. There is less assessment of the second thing you mentioned, which is sort of the qualitative, like how good are your relationships? And I think that's an important thing. And we, we mentioned that in the discussion, two points on that. One is, one is we don't have actual data looking on how, how we don't, you know, how good, how good is your, how good are your friendships? How enjoyable are your, are your social experiences and stuff like that? So that, that might be different. And second, we suggest maybe that people are um, more optimistic in, in those regards. Um, and one final point on that is, is sort of in the standard social comparison literature, when there's more ambiguity in, in, uh, in some sort of comparison, people tend to think of themselves more positively. So there might be more ambiguity in a question like, you know, who has richer social experiences, who has uh, higher quality social experiences. So if we ask questions like that, people might actually um, think of themselves more favorably. So uh, we don't know, but that, that's important, I think, too. Right. Okay. So that's somewhere you might go. Um, so so in the first set of studies, you established that, you know, looking at different groups of people that objectively, they seem to rate themselves as having fewer social interactions than other people. Other people seem to have better social lives. What was the second grouping of studies? What were you interested in looking at there? Uh, yeah, so there's there's a few things, I guess. Um, I, so there's a few things we tried to do. One is just, like we said in the first one, just establish whether this happens. And this is the, another thing we tried to do is establish that this wasn't specific to the ways we asked questions. So another series of studies, we kind of presented people with this, this circle and we said, okay, this is kind of like your social life. There's a social sphere and there's people right in the center who are the most, you know, well-connected and, and, you know, leading rich social lives. And then as you sort of expand out on that circle, you have people who are less central. And then we just said, think about yourself and place yourself on that circle, like mark an X on the page where you think you belong. And then also think about someone you know um, from class, someone you kind of see around, someone you know on Facebook. So we tried to get them to think of like three specific other people. Um, and what we found is that they placed themselves sort of more on the outside and they put all these various comparison targets. So everyone else seems to be sort of closer to the, that social center um, than they are. So that, that was one of the four sort of trying to see, is this robust to different ways of operationalizing it? Uh, another thing that we, so do you want me to go through each of them? So that, so that's, that's sort of one. And then I, I can talk about the, the other few, but let's yeah. just pause there for a second before yeah, we move on. Absolutely. Cause that's interesting. It's this idea of perhaps they're outsiders looking in on other people's more rich social lives. Is that how one interpretation of this? Yeah, absolutely. And that's why we went, we sort of purposely tried to create some paradigm where you could sort of physically measure that sort of intuition of, of, of a lot of people um, having this feeling. And, and so the other one of the, my advisor on, on the paper, Tom Gilovich, me mentions this also in, a, in not exactly the social life, but sort of talking to some his colleagues and stuff like that. And he talks, you know, he's obviously, uh, you know, his, his well-established colleagues and even they, so this is not with regards to socialize, but even they sort of mentioned him the sentiment of, Oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm successful, but I'm sort of an outsider. Can I kind of made it in despite this? And I, I'm, I'm at, I'm at the top here, but it feels like everyone else is more of an insider insider than I am. So for, even for people at the top, there's, there's some sort of psychology of feeling like you're still not quite, uh, in that center, but Seems like everyone feels like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I wonder how related that is to this um, when we talk about imposter syndrome. This idea that actually we 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 don't belong here. Somehow we've managed to find ourselves here, and we're kind of in this group of people, but we don't really feel like we belong. Um, it's an interesting juxtaposition there, I think. Yeah, 
Um, so, so yeah, okay. So, what happened next? What were you? What was the next study that you? Um, what What were you trying to find out? Okay, so another another big series of studies that we set few set of studies in the paper that we try uh, that we were trying to look at was sort of why why is this happening? So now that we've documented this happened, like what what's the reason for it? And and like we said, our our main thought was that it's that people bring to mind really social people. Um, so we tried to gather some evidence that that might actually be the reason driving this effect. So in one study, I think the clearest one that sort of gets us evidence uh, that it is that is that this is the reason that that's happening is we we had sort of three conditions. One is a control condition where we asked the standard questions that I described at the beginning, who assume more parties, you or others. And then two other conditions where we asked those same questions, except we specifically tell people who they should compare themselves to. So in one condition, we tell them specifically to compare themselves to really social people. We say, think of people who are constantly going to parties and socializing, et cetera. And then how do you compare to those people? So same questions, who goes to more parties, you or those really social people, uh, you know, who has more friends, you or those uh, really social people. And then the other condition was the opposite of that. We said, compare, think of people who are sort of introverted and stay inside and don't go out as much. And then again, we asked the same questions, who goes to more parties, you or other people, et cetera. And then we compared the sort of comparisons or pe how people thought they stacked up in each of those three conditions. And the sort of notable thing we found is that the results in the control condition looked almost exactly like the results in the really, in the condition where they were told explicitly to compare themselves to really social people. So, so the sort of idea or conclusion from that is that already intuitively people are comparing themselves to really social people, even at baseline. Right, right. So already without any kind of like queuing, the first thing that they think about is the really social people. And that's why you think the results don't seem to be any different, even when you queue them specifically. Exactly. They, they look similar. And another piece of evidence we have for that is we ask people to think about their social lives and then uh, compare themselves like before. And then we ask them to just list sequentially who came to mind. So we said, OK, when you thought about your social life, who was the first person who came to mind? OK, now think of another person, blah, blah, blah. And we did that eight times. And then we had them rate each of those eight people on how social they were. And then we just graph the socialness as a function of how soon they came to mind. And what we find is that the first person is rated more social than the second person, which is rated more social than the third. And there's a sort of decreasing trend where uh, people who come to mind later are less social. and People who come to mind earlier are more social. So that's sort of we take that as more evidence that um, people who are coming to mind easiest uh, in this regard are the most social people. Mm. And for those eight people, were they all ranked above the person who was being asked the questions or did they fit somewhere in between? I see. So, so the way we did it, we asked them, you know, just generally, how do you think? And then we just asked them the specific people. And then we didn't, we didn't ask that question of how do you think you compare to, to that specific person? We just said, how social is this person in some sort of absolute sense with right. like not very social to very social. But that, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know which number maybe is where it flips where, okay, the seventh person is the person who finally they're more social. And yeah, we don't have data on that, but yeah. it's interesting. That would be interesting to see where they <laughs> insert themselves, perhaps on reflection yeah. uh, after having named them. So it might be that, oh no, right at the bottom but then they go oh actually maybe i'm not maybe maybe <laughs> i'm actually more social than them yeah so the last sort of series of studies i think you were looking at the relationship then between the consequences of their kind of overly pessimistic assessments maybe of what their social life is and i'll just come back to that when when we think about how do we benchmark that um but then tying that to their emotional well-being you know what impact does this have upon how they feel uh, and how um, about themselves and, and also emotionally generally. So what were your findings there? Yeah, so I guess, yeah, that, that was the final uh, series of studies is what are the implications of this? What, how, does this affect people or not? So it, it, for that, we just we um, 
we asked people very standard questions about their life satisfaction, their sense of subjective well-being, and we just said, okay, is is are there um, comparative ratings to their social lives correlated with their ratings of well-being? And as it turns out, there's a there's a pretty strong relationship between how people think their social lives stack up to other people, and then their assessments of of how happy they are in life and how satisfied they are with life in general. Uh, of course, there I should qualify that with two things on on that. Um, one is so that's correlational. We don't have any any causal evidence. Uh, second, it would be good if we do if we did a better job controlling for objective social life. Also, so um, what what I mean by that is uh, people's. So it seems like from our findings, people are sort of shifted over and think that they're less social than they are. But that doesn't mean that between people, people, it's also probably the case that people have an accurate sense of how social they are. So in these scales, the person who says they're the most social probably is more social than the person who thinks they're less social. So the fact that their ratings of their comparative socialness are clear with their well-being might in part at least be uh, explained by the fact that, well, those people who rate themselves as more social probably are actually to some extent more social. And as a result, they're more happy, which is just to say it's not all in their heads. clearly some of your actual happiness is due to some of your actual socializing. So, um, but so future research, it would be good if future research sort of parse out the extent to which that relationship is due to just what they're thinking in their own heads. And then what extent is it due to actually how much they're socializing? And yeah. we don't have a sense of what percent of each contributes. So if I can just get that straight for myself. So there is, um, yeah. there's definitely seems to be that uh, a relative structure there around those people who are more social than those people who are less social, but in terms mm-hmm. of how they objectively measure themselves as to how social they actually are compared to their self-rating of how social they are then there may be a bit of an under-reporting there there may be we don't know about how objectively social they are but the the ordering between those people who rank themselves as less social compared to those people who are more social that seems to hold but we we don't know how that's kind of anchored how well that's anchored yeah, exactly. I think that that's a that's a fair characterization, and it might be either might be true. It might be that all of the sort of variability and how much this is how much this relates to their well being is just uh, what's in their heads, and it might be the opposite also that most of that's explained by actually how much they're socializing. We just don't know yet. It would be interesting, wouldn't it, to have almost like a a bit of a, a network, a closed network, where you get people to rate each other, um, and you can see how friends rank those other people within their network, and then ask those people within their network to rank them as well to see. I mean, are you thinking about doing something like that, or is anything like that being done? So one point on that is the I completely agree. That's kind of my ideal social comparison study. I would love. It's really hard to do that because, okay, so there's there's two sort of forks that that question goes into. One is most social comparison studies don't do that. It would be great if they do because in, in these cases we can't ever – they're not – entirely calling to mind the same set of people. We, we, have, we bring a bunch of people in the lab or ask them on the internet. We say, how do you think you compare to others? They're, they're, they know different other people, right? Um, ideally, like you said, we would have 100 people who only know each other. And then they and we say, we're, out of the 100 people, where, which are you? 23, blah, blah. And then we can compare that to real life. There are some studies that do stuff like that. Most of the social comparison stuff doesn't. And that would be the best evidence and the best way to do the experiment to show, okay, people really are biased. Out of 100 people, 70 people think that 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 goes down is is the realist. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I just lost a little bit of audio there. Um, so I'm just yeah, gonna I turn, saw it got a little. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to turn the video off, and maybe we could just do that bit again, where we were talking about has anybody done a study like that? Is that all right? 
Okay, uh, sh- I'll should I turn my video off too? Then? Yep, yep. I'll turn. We'll turn our video off, um, and then you can turn yours off, maybe. Yeah. And uh, there we go. All right. So maybe we can just pick up from there. And I said, okay. Um, so do you know if anybody's done a study like that? Um, not definitely not with uh, social life specifically. Um, there are there are there's a lot of research in social comparisons, and I'm sure someone's done these more uh, confined studies, but the vast, vast majority of them are, are, are studies where, where the reference group is, is a little more ambiguous uh, than that. Um, but the, 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 this, the second fork I was saying where that wouldn't be great is the fact that in real life, most people actually, you know, it's, 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 a, it's an open set of people. People are comparing themselves to different people. And in this study we tried, our, one of our goals was to be as naturalistic as possible. So we really wanted people to compare themselves to whoever really actually comes to mind for them. So we didn't want to constrain them and say, okay, think of these same exact 35 set of individuals because we were kind of interested in, okay, in the real world, you know, you think of whoever comes to mind. So it, it's, it's a hard line to draw between super definitively saying, okay, they're, they're biased against, you know, an exact same concrete set of people versus, okay, in the real world, who is just coming to mind? Yeah. And in the real world, networks are messy, right? They're, they're, they're mm-hmm. all over the place and people are intertwined and intermeshed in all sorts of different ways. And, and you know, you may have had a really good interaction with someone one day and then a really, really bad interaction. And it's also about timing, about when you ask as well, I guess. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. So, Sebastian, who should care about this research? You know, what, what's the point? What, what, a, what's the outcome here that we should be paying attention to? Yeah. Uh, I would say to most people, um, it's it, most people, especially people worrying or fretting about how they, how they stack up in this regard is, is our findings seem to suggest that most other people are asking themselves that same question too. So you can feel, uh, feel assured that it, it's not just you and maybe, maybe it's just something that's, uh, inherent to the way our minds work more than, uh, that you're doing something wrong. And the second point, which isn't, uh, as you know, empirical, but it, it's just the fact that maybe, uh, don't compare yourself as much in the first place. You know, just think about your sort of social life in absolute terms. Are you happy? Are you getting what you want? Uh, and don't fall victim to just um, to just thinking about this stuff in comparative terms, right? Just just assess <laughs> whether things are going well or not. And I agree. I mean, it's really hard, isn't it, when we're being presented with these kind of super socializers all the time, and particularly in the holiday season with Christmas and Hanukkah and New Year's and all sorts of different things going on in people's lives. There's also a sense of you know real loneliness and isolation that can emerge at these times as a result of seeing what you think is everybody else having a fantastic, <laughs> wonderful time, and you kind of sit there and go, "Hmm, is there something wrong here? Is there something up with me?" Yeah, uh, absolutely. And and another another related point off that, which I think everyone's talking about nowadays, is sort of how this plays you know interplays with social media and technology, Facebook, Twitter, etc. And uh, so we don't. Our studies don't explicitly look at that, and it's our sort of claim is that this is this sort of precedes that, or might explain why people have these tendencies to compare themselves to others on those platforms in the, in the first place. So it might it might not be the case that you know the problem is with Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that. It might be the problem that you know it's our intu- it's our intuitive tendencies to use these platforms in these ways to look at those type of uh, really social people. But regardless, I think I think people should do more research on. It's more serious, uh, really rigorous research on, on on how people compare themselves to others on social media. So what's next for you, Sebastian? Where, where is this research taking you? What are you working on now? Uh, so I, I have some other unrelated lines of research, but one one related one on social comparisons is uh, is it ties back to this 
to this research to this literature on the above average effect. So, like I said, there's a lot of research on, on in social psychology showing that people think that they're above average and better than other people. But one question we're asking is, does does that necessarily mean that people really have these sort of self-aggrandizing views of themselves? Because um, a lot of the research is is taken taken in that way to suggest that okay, so people think they're better than other people, so they must uh, they must have really inflated views of themselves. But we're, what we're finding is that yes, people many times do think that they're above average in other domains. But the other thing is that their reference group is again like we found in this study not average people so people may think they're above average but they don't really care about how they how they compare to the average their reference point is often people in the 60th 70th percentile so uh and compared to those people they don't think that they're doing as well and, and those are the people that they really care about in the real world so um so we're looking at just who who is it that people really compare themselves into the real world who do they care to measure themselves up up to yeah and that's interesting because i think it relates to, um back to the availability thing as well that you were talking about you know if you've had a recent experience where you're comparing yourself to a super group then what does that do for your own sense of self or self-aggrandizement maybe when you kind of think you are better uh, <laughs> there's a rude awakening that perhaps <laughs> you're not yeah absolutely I hope you enjoyed listening to this week's episode on social comparison. You can find us at Facebook forward slash WCWTP or myself, Saab Johal, your host and producer at Saab, S-A-R-B on Twitter and at WCWTP. Who cares what's the point.com is our website and you can email contact at who cares what's the point.com. Now, don't forget, we also have a Patreon site. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, help me to develop the podcast and actually pay for a little bit of hosting, all of that kind of thing. I've started to get some real traction here and the community starting to build. So patreon.com forward slash Saab Johal. That's S-A-R-B-J-O-H-A-L. Thanks for listening and don't forget. Thank you.